Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. So you're telling me the top candidates are not going to choose the Jets now? If I had my choice between the Jaguars, Jets, and Chargers, the Jets are number three on that list right now. Great. That's awesome. Another bargain basement picking of a head coach. Well, not and necessarily. I mean, some, they'll, they'll get somebody in here that wants the job. and or, well, they or, want the job. Well, either that or they'll overpay somebody. The optics of the Jets introducing Eberflus. It's totally not fair. When I heard that name, I said if, if Matt Eberflus is right. the coach, but it's he's just a, such a Jet thing. See, like to me, he's right. a guy that belongs in you know Jacksonville, you know Tennessee. When they're looking for a new coach someday, or if his last name was was Jackson or Smith, but Eberflus, just something about, I just heard the callers go, you kidding me, you brought in this Eberflus? <laughs> What's that, Boomer and Geo out of the WFAN? Uh, Boomer Sison, of course. Us Jets, man, they aren't happy with anything right now. <laughs> it's get, uh, not going to sign off on anything. And listen, it's not... Uh, it's really interesting as I keep going back, and this isn't to, for me to say I told you so, not that guy, but we've had the discussion so much that what you have right now in this Jags job versus what you had last year, or I could make the case it was the fourth or fifth best job available if it had become available, and now you're watching like the Jets go through that a little bit. right? They've got a quarterback. They've got a high pick. They don't know what they want to do. Should they do uh, they actually do have cap space and other things that are appealing, but they're still like in a weird spot with Sam Darnold, and, and they're probably in a way better position than the Jags were. You've got Houston, who has a quarterback, but they have a lot of other things that aren't going right. Like They better go get a good buddy of Nick Casario's in there because it's not an easy sell job. And you might be right, Austin. It was Maybe it was Eric Bieniemy that basically said, hey, I don't want to go there. You know, Don't call me. <laughs> you yeah. might have said that. So... Uh, you know, Detroit is interesting. Uh, they, they don't have a ton of stuff. They have a good quarterback, but he hasn't been able to win. Is it time to move on? Same with Matt Ryan. Or is it time to move on? Can you win big with those guys for the price tag you're paying? I think the Chargers job is very appealing and very good. So it just fascinates me how how much we talk about. And by the way, it's not like we. It's not a debate. We know what the Jags have. Like that's a good situation. It wasn't a good situation a year ago. And so when you start comparing of who you're going to get and the hot names, what's fascinating also to me, Austin, is that they might take a guy that nobody else is interested in. Urban Meyer. Like there might not be like a, a battle for Urban Meyer. The mm-hmm. big thing with Urban Meyer is, he, is it sounds like is he coming to Jacksonville or is he going to stay in the Fox Studios? No, like that's no. it. It's not like oh no, Chargers might get him. Oh no, the Jets might get him. Oh no, Houston might get him. No, that's not the case. It doesn't feel like at least. But if you were in, it, let's take Urban out of the equation. Say he says, hey, I'm going to stay at Fox. Well, then you start to come. Okay, Eric Bieniemy, what would you prefer? And Robert Sala, what would you prefer? Uh, and the Jags certainly are in play because they're set up for success. No, without a doubt. At the end of the day, I think it comes, I mean, obviously if Urban Meyer wants to coach, um, that's still the biggest caveat right now of whether the Jaguars can go forward in their coaching search or not. But with that being said, I'm going to be very curious to see how much money is going to be on the table if Urban Meyer doesn't uh, in turn choose to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not saying I'm worried about it because you know how I feel about it. It's not my money. So you can go ahead and spend as much as you want, but... 
I wonder in terms of like a Matt Rule, what he got and kind of like that longevity that he got in Carolina. I mean, that had something to do with him taking that job, I feel like, right? It was about yes. the money and the longevity because, once again, it showed that Carolina wanted him the most. I wonder what these numbers are going to look like for Urban Meyer if indeed they do go after Urban Meyer uh, in terms of longevity, obviously, and in terms of per year on that salary. All right, I want to talk about this topic. I want to talk about Shad Khan. I don't know if we've talked about him enough this week since Monday. We talked about him a lot on Monday. Went through everything he had said. And so you can always go back and check out that show, of course, on, on any of our platforms, especially the podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Make sure you subscribe to it. Check it out. It's broken up by the hour, so it's easy to find. But we spent a lot of time talking about Shad Khan because he talked on Monday. And, Austin, you don't have to agree with me here, but I feel like this is – Arguably one of the best weeks, if not the best week, of Shad Khan's tenure as the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you bet, Brent, you're a moron. I mean, how about 2017 in the playoff run? Okay, I'll give you that. That's mm-hmm. fine. But in totality, I'm going to give you why do I think that? Well, one, he talked on Monday. Uh, he made the move finally to, to get rid of Doug Marone. I'm getting rid of that. Sounds awful. So fired Doug Marone and obviously makes the big regime change. And he talked about it. And and this is not an owner that has talked a lot to the fan base and to others. And I think it was appreciated by the fan base. And I also thought the tone, I thought he hit a home run with the tone of that news conference. Well, hang on. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But, okay. How, but how do you expect the fan base to embrace what Shad Khan had to say when the fan base couldn't even watch the, the, the press conference? Yeah, I mean, fine. If you want to be critical of that, that's well, fine. No, but every, no. did, did you hear everything? Did every fan hear what he had to say? I mean, I saw what you po- what you tweeted and what everybody else tweeted. I'm just saying where I wonder if some fans kind of felt turned off just a little bit because, well, they couldn't actually watch the press conference. Well, they couldn't watch it live. I don't think there was anything, like, edited out. I mean, we weren't told, like, hey, you can't use this, can't use that. Whatever was out there was out there. So, um I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Why wasn't it out there to everybody to see and broadcast? I don't know why they did it that way. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really think anything was hidden from that. I think fans could uh, – they got every single soundbite that Shad Khan said, um, in, in my estimation. I didn't, see a lot, I, I didn't see a lot of back and forth about that, Austin, at the time. Um, did you catch that, that people were like, why aren't they showing this live? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did catch a little bit of it. I mean, I, I thought that myself, because I, I thought, like, you know, usually towards the, you know, like it's like the end of the year address, let's just call it, right? And usually the way it's been done in the past is obviously he he has a press conference and he addresses the media and everybody like that. I just felt like it was a little different this year because, you know, we couldn't watch live. Now, yeah, you saw all the, all the sound bites and all the video, but even those were misconstrued a little bit because now people were taking just a little clip from what someone said and then like the national media saying well he's going to have full control of the roster well that's not exactly what they meant by that so i just thought that listen it wasn't a bad thing but i think it could have been better if it was open to the public yeah that that was more um by the way i think that was people reading tweets rather than listening to what he said and by the way he did misspeak a little bit i I will say that he misspoke a little bit but i i think uh the reason i maybe don't have as much a problem with it this wasn't necessarily billed as the um uh, what's it like the state of the franchise, you know, where he gets up and talks or anything like that. And he really hasn't done a lot of post mortem like news conferences that can be streamed everywhere else. I, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, when you have a setting, you get off to the side and there's this huddle of media and that isn't usually streamed. That to me is what this was more uh, about like a little uh, pile of reporters with, 
Shad Khan in the corner of the room after whatever press conference took place, and the questions are being asked for 10 or 12 minutes. To me, that's what this was more about than it was, hey, I'm speaking to you, the fans, uh, on a live uh, uh, no. news conference. No, so. I mean, I got you there, but all I'm saying in the past when they've done it, it, it's the team putting it out. It's the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars Twitter handle putting it out for live for everyone to see and for everyone to comment on it. It's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. It's everywhere. They didn't do that this year. It's all I'm yeah. trying to say. It's just different. Yeah, I know. You're you're having yeah. like a negative connotation to that, well, though. For sure. Point. I like, mean, I don't. I don't really grasp con- that connotation. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I just try to think around the block on that, and my my view on that might even be, hey, it's a Zoom call. What if this thing starts going out and in and all that stuff, kind of like we saw with Doug Marone press conferences? We don't want all that out there, and we'll just make sure it's a clean copy for everybody. Like, I don't even know how Jaguars.com presented it. I don't know if they just put the whole thing out there um, uh, eventually. I'm not even sure about that. So, uh, anyway, interesting take. But bottom line is, I think fans were what he did say about accountability, about the quarterback spot. Hey, we're taking a franchise QB, um, about the coaching search. And again, maybe I missed the boat on this, but I thought it was pretty well received. And and while there's still criticism of Khan, I thought it was like, hey, people were excited that he was at least going to, it feels like from a perception standpoint, be way more involved with everything going on. I took it as, even on Monday, the fact that he wasn't hiring a search firm, and it might turn out to be a negative thing at the end of the day, uh, he might get it wrong. But the fact that he's not relying on other people, he's saying, you know what, this is on me. I'm going to join, I'm going to, you know, use a couple of people in the room. We're going to interview folks, but I'm making the decision. It's this guy right here. He even said it like that. It's like this guy. That's the guy that's going to make the decision. I just felt like the accountability that came across on Monday is something fans wanted to hear. Um, and I, I feel like he's been less absentee than people have perceived him to be, but that has certainly been the perception. So I think he did a nice job on Monday closing that gap between what people feel like has been happening and what they want to see happen. No, for sure. I mean, listen, he he's in the money position right now, right? There, there's a lot of, of positive things happening. Like in the past when this team has – has uh, performed poorly, you know, there wasn't a lot of hope. There wasn't a lot of intrigue. It was just like, all right, well, okay, how does taking into, we'll see, you know, like all this stuff. But now it's like at least you have Trevor Lawrence in your back pocket. You have maybe the best job, um, you know, obviously in terms of an intrigue for coaches coming in in the entire NFL. So you have a lot of things you can put in your back pocket, and in doing so, that makes you come across, I think, a little better. Yeah, I would agree. And so, anyway, uh, the Monday presser. So why, why else do I think this is a big week? First of all, he talked. Secondly, I think the fans appreciated some of the things he said. They might not agree with everything, but they appreciate some of the things he said and the accountability and his role in the team. That, that appears like it shifted a little bit, if you will. Uh, well, then you start the interview process with, like you just said, a very good job that, that you have to offer. So uh, you're, Eric Bieniemy is a hot name. You're interviewing him. Robert Sala, hot name. You're interviewing him. You are potentially swinging for the fences with the Urban Meyer meeting today, but all the rumors that have taken place. And by the way, how many people on NFL Network, ESPN, and everywhere else have talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars this week because of the Urban Meyer interest? That's been a big win, I think, for Shad Khan. I mean, the the, the notoriety of this football team. Nobody's talking 1-15 right now. They're talking about what it could be. And I think that narrative is a very good one if I'm the owner of the football team. Trevor Lawrence declares for the draft. Uh, that's a positive because 
Well, we expected it to happen, but it's a good thing that it is happening for the Jaguars. And then yesterday, Lot J, outside of the football realm, his business venture in Jacksonville, uh, at least is going to a vote on Tuesday to get passed, and there's a lot of momentum for that to get passed. So if you take all those things, this positive energy and vibe in Jacksonville around the number one pick, but the new head coach and potentially even Urban Meyer, uh, stuff with the business interests going on downtown, uh, his his availability earlier in the week and what he had to say, I just feel like this has been a really good week for Shad Khan uh, in this organization. And, and now we'll see where it goes from here, Austin. I don't know what it means. I'm just noting that this has been a heck of a week for Shad Khan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be even a bigger week once you announce, you know, whatever that's going to be. I mean, it could be next week, it could be two weeks, when you announce who your GM's going to be. When you announce, um, you know, if Urban Meyer's going to be the coach or somebody else. Like, I, I think from the GM perspective, like, let's be honest. You can name some guy that no one's ever heard before, but if you announce Urban Meyer with that GM, I feel like their reaction is going to be super positive, right? Um, I don't think people are even watching the GM search right now. They could care less. It's all about the head coach. So, yeah, if he can lock in Urban Meyer or a different coach, maybe the enemy, if he can lock him in and get a GM, then, yeah, I think all this week right here what we're talking about, um, it would all be for something. But I think that... If you don't have Urban Meyer and all of a sudden now you're scrambling to find somebody else or whatever may happen, well, then you take this good week and then all of a sudden it's like, well, what was what this week for? You know, so there's still a lot to accomplish, I feel like, if you're Shad Khan. Once you make the announcement of who the coach is going to be, that's when you're going to be in the rarefied air. Yeah, and and do you think – how much credit, I guess, would you say do you give Shad Khan if Urban Meyer is the coach uh, to take the gamble? Uh, nobody else seems like they're doing it. I, I kind of phrased it like this before. Is it a red flag or is it like, hey, that's outside the box a little bit. I like that. That's swinging for the fences because I think you can perceive it in a couple of different ways, Austin. No, without a doubt. It's definitely outside the box thinking. I think that, you know, when you talk about roster moves, you talk about coaching searches and GMs, History has shown us that sometimes it's the outside-the-box moves that wins you the most games, and I get that. Well, Trevor Lawrence, let's be honest, that's not outside the box. Like, he's the consensus number one pick. So you're not really taking a gamble there, per se. So you got your guy there, and that's a safe play, and it might be the best play. We'll see. With Urban Meyer, I've said it before, it's it's the ultimate boomer bust type of pick. Now, you know, I've kind of shared my thoughts about how I feel. It, it, it could turn out to be absolutely genius, or it could crash and burn. Like, that's the risk that you're taking. How I feel about it from Shad Khan's perspective, though, is, listen, you've had Mike Malarkey, you've had Gus Bradley, and you've had Doug Marone. Those three guys didn't work out. If we're the, if the fan base or the media or anybody associated with this franchise if you're watching shad khan right now this next head coach is everything because if you go over four in head coaches and i say over four because obviously yes doug marone went to 2017 afc championship game but the overall record it is what it is i don't got to go into it like you there's a reason why he's at the coach next, this up and coming season uh for next year for the jaguars so with that being said this is such a monumental um, head coach for the Jaguars because you are getting that first pick. You are getting maybe a once-in-a-generational guy in Trevor Lawrence. And more importantly, look what you're coming off of. 
So, yes, it's outside the box thinking, but at the same time, I think there's other coaches out there who can be successful and it could be a little less risky. But listen, I'm not opposed to it, but I don't want to be here in two or three years saying, man, what were they thinking with Urban Meyer? Yeah, and that's certainly when you try to swing for the fences and you take a little bit of a risk, a bold move, if you will. Well, that certainly can be the risk-reward part of it. You don't know if it's going to work. Uh, I believe the risk-reward in Urban Meyer is more, okay, does it get messy at some point? How long does it last? I think those are fair things. I, I believe there's less risk in terms of, hey, we're going to win some football games around here. I really yeah. believe that. And is that worth the risk right now? And by the way, I think Shad Khan was almost desperate for wins back in 17 to change that around after the first five years of ownership. That That's why he went with Tom Coughlin. Now, it was a bit short-sighted in terms of what it led to, and I'm not saying that's what Urban Meyer would lead to, by the way. I think it's a totally different situation. But I think this does have the feel of, hey, let's win now. We need to win. There's been too much losing. And so who's going to help us win? Now, go find me the biggest winner out there. Well, Urban Meyer is about as big a winner as you can find uh, in football. Uh, the other part of this, and I, I don't know the Chargers organization, uh, but I'm just going to add this to kind of like my check mark on the side of uh, Shad Khan this week because I do really believe it's been a good week for him. That So let's just say Urban Meyer is interested in the Chargers job. Some reports, not a lot of hot reports about that. Most of them tie him to the Jaguars. But the, the Spanos family, the Chargers organization, I, I think – I don't think they have some of the clout or respect even uh, at times over the years as Shad Khan does. I know they've probably won more football games, but I think the one thing people don't realize, I've talked to enough people in NFL circles when we're at the draft or, or combine or anywhere else, Shad Khan's very well respected in the fraternity of owners. And I think he is respected um, on a lot of levels inside those NFL circles. It's not to say Spanos and the Chargers are not. But they've had troubles with what maybe offset language with Joey Bosa uh, to going all the way back in the Chargers organization to yesteryear with the Mannings. You know, obviously the Jags have had Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe, although I feel that's less Shad Khan and probably more the situation that was with Tom Coughlin and others yeah. in the building. Well, so, they also had Grievance Gate as well. And yeah, and, and again, that's linked more to Coughlin than, than Shad, and he did something about it, you know. So I, I do believe... I, I don't know this because this isn't like a scoreboard, but I believe that if you're picking the Chargers or the Jags in this situation, which I think are two good football situations, I think Shad Khan is a huge benefit here. So let's just say, for argument's sake, Urban Meyer is considering both or mm. ex-coach is considering both. I do believe Shad Khan, the patience that he's shown, the money that he's willing to spend, um, I think that... I'd be willing to say, hey, I want to work for that owner more so than out in L.A. with the Chargers. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, yeah, it, I mean, definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, and it depends, you know, if you're a head coach, how much does that mean to you? Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I think Rivera took a gamble by going to Washington to coach that team after everything that Good came point. out. Good and, yeah. um, you know, it seems to be working out so far. We'll see what happens there. And then, obviously, with, with Matt Rule, too, and I can't remember the exact date on that, but I know – 
the Panthers' old owner got into some hot water for some insensitive comments, and I'm not sure if that was right before Rule got there or like a, a year, whatever the case may be. But like he was going to a situation too where it probably wasn't the best environment. Um, they had bad optics there in Carolina, and they still got their guy. So, but I get what you're saying. I mean, every coach is different in terms of hey, how much do I value? Uh, what the owner brings to the table, I guess. Hey, uh, real quick before we go to break, I just want to give you an update on this. I've, I did these approval ratings, right, mm-hmm. uh, for the coaches on, on social media. And, you know, it, it, whatever. It means whatever it means. But uh, I, I put out there Byron Leftwich, which is – are you a little surprised we haven't heard Byron Leftwich's name much at all in this cycle? Um – not, I mean, I guess I am a little bit because obviously with the Buccaneers now seem to be surging a little bit. But I even feel like in in Arizona when he was there um, with Arians, it was like you heard his name around, but I think it was more of like a local level than it was actually a national level. Now maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember really hearing his name a lot in the circles in national when he was I, in Arizona. I feel like there was a buzz about him last year though. Uh as this rising star, and I don't sense that at all. I mean, does Tom Brady hide all that? I don't know. Yeah. But, like, Robert Sala was a hot name last year and chose to stay with San Francisco or didn't get the interviews he wanted or didn't like the job, however that shook out. But And he's a hot name this year. That's not the case with Byron Leftwich. Anyway, well, I said... But keep in mind, too, you, you have Jameis, I mean, Jameis Winston. Like, yeah, he threw a lot of touchdowns, but that offense was a kind of a turnover machine as well. So I did him zero favors in Tampa Bay. Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh. Um, you know, working with... And, and I don't know if it helps you or hurts you working with Brady. You know, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I would think it helps, but uh, sometimes, like, well, that is Tom Brady after all. Uh, and, and I could maybe have Tom throw 25 touchdowns in a season. Um, Byron left, which about, so I said yes or no on Byron. He said no, 77%. This is over 1,000 votes. Approval rating for Arthur Smith, Tennessee. If they were to interview him, which there was a report earlier in the week that every team had requested an interview with Arthur Smith, can't interview until after the wild card game, uh, 76% no. Uh, coaching uh, approval rating on Robert Sala. This is interesting, Austin. 46 to 54 in favor of no, so 54 to 46. Mm. Um, over a 1,000 votes, people say no on Robert Sala. And a lot of the feedback I get is, well, that's the Gus Bradley tree, and I'm tired of this 4-3 scheme. <laughs> hey, amen to that. I hear you on that one. Uh, so that's it. I don't think it's anything to do with Sala necessarily. And, no, and by the way, the other knock would be the defensive coach. I think people want the offensive guy potentially. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Morris. Wow, I'm sorry, Raheem. I even put this out there because this is 91% no. Yeah. 91% no. I would be stunned if they went with Raheem Morris, quite frankly. And uh, let's see, my latest one. I did this last week with Urban Meyer. Hang on, what time out? Did you do Dabble? I didn't yet because I haven't seen it reported that he's they've requested him. Okay. So I, I just haven't done that yet because of that. That doesn't mean they haven't interviewed him. I mean, or haven't requested. I haven't seen a report linked to the Jags. Same with Marvin Lewis. Doesn't mean they haven't talked to him, but I haven't seen anything linked to the Jags on that front. Urban Meyer last week, I put a poll out and I said, "Would you be excited about Urban Meyer?" So I phrased it a little bit different, and it was fifty-five forty-five in favor of yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked the same question some, what, five days later, and we're up to close to 1,000 votes again. I just launched this poll a few hours ago, and the approval rating for Urban Meyer now is 78% yes here uh-huh. on social media. 
How about that? Isn't that a little surprising? It went from 55% to 78%. Did people change their mind in the last few days? Are they different voters? I have no idea. No, man, that's just the, hey, that's the power of social media. Somebody says something on Twitter, all of a sudden people see it. They're like, oh, that's a pretty good point. I'm going to go with you now. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the it's the crazy chaos and and the beautiful mess that is social media. All right, uh, what about our playoff picks? We've got six games coming up, Saturday and Sunday. This is going to be a lot of fun. I think the games are awesome. Let's talk about them when we come back. And then a little bit later on, we'll get back into the Jags, Urban Meyer update. Uh, pro football talk just said, keep an eye on the Jaguars and Urban. Who hasn't said that today, Austin Lane? Who hasn't? Uh, <laughs> Trevor Town. Construction project. Let me get into that. Uh, I'll explain a little further. It might have to do with facilities, just to give you a little hint. But let's go NFL playoffs next. We've got some awesome games coming up Saturday and Sunday. Who's going to win them? We decide next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I'm not the guy that likes to, like... Be over dramatic. Austin Lane. Well, you, you're almost in it. tears yesterday. I was. So, well, that was a little different. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I don't know about an upset, but I can tell you what. I can tell you what, Key. I'm back. I'm back bullish on Baltimore. I'm I'm back bullish on Baltimore. I think Baltimore. They kind of start figuring some things out, and it just seems like this staff has said Lamar. Do what you do. Do what you do. Forget all this noise about, you know, everybody talking about the passing game with the wide receivers downfield, the lack of explosive plays. Do what you do. You're the most unique athlete, period, at the quarterback position. And they they found their mojo. Baltimore could be scary in these playoffs. That is Damian Woody on ESPN talking about the NFL playoffs, and we've got some dandies coming up. Over the uh, next couple of days, kind of love it, right? Not just two games Saturday, two games Sunday. we got three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Make your plans accordingly to sit on the couch. Absolutely. Will you watch them all is the question, Austin Lane. Will you be allowed to watch them all? No, listen, Brent. This is the reason why I got in this business in the first place. Do I like talking about football? Yeah. Is golf cool? (laughs) Um, Do I like talking about MMA? You better believe it. But there is nothing like having that moment when I'm sitting down on my couch watching football and maybe my wife or my son come up to me and they're like, hey, can we watch something else? We watch football all day. And I turn to them with a nice basic beverage in my hand and I say... Sorry, got to do my work. And I look back, <laughs> shunned for the rest of the, the, the duration of the game, and then I come back to my family after that, Brent. And that's why I got in the biz in the first place. So to answer your question, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch every single minute of every single game. Doing my homework, kids. Doing my homework. Hey, Ronan, you got some homework to do? Go to your room and do your homework. I'm doing my homework right now. I look at Coos uh, putting the, all the... The picks up there, very much appreciated. We oh. welcome in Brandon Ponsel from JacksCoastalHomes.com. Brandon, Happy New Year, man. Good to hear from you, and I hope you guys had good holidays. Yes. What's uh, what's happening? You're going to be sitting on the couch Saturday, Sunday? You've got some kids. I don't know if you'll be allowed to do that. we got a few showings uh, this weekend, too, so we'll be mixing and matching, following the games uh, on the phone when we're out and about, but uh, make sure to uh, catch some of the games. Well, Brandon, all I'm going to tell you, if your family gives you grief, you say it's for ESPN 690 because there's a lot in the line here. Enough said. 
gotta get in uh get in the stretch run. I'm probably a few games behind you, so I gotta make my move. Let's go. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's get to it right now. We'll go. I, I just think there are four games that are unbelievable football games that are really hard to pick. And so uh, let's start with Brandon, jackscoastalhomes.com. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, I always like to ask you a real estate question, so let's do that before we, we'll delay the uh, picks for a moment. Uh, but you said you have some showings and stuff, so things start heating up. Now the holidays are over. Everybody's trees are down, right? It's going to be a hot market. Um, I've said this numerous times on, on air. There is very few markets in the country I would be more bullish on than Jacksonville, Florida right now. And you guys have had a lot to talk about with Trevor Lawrence, and don't overlook the impact of a winning football team in this city and the growth for downtown and a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, Trevor Lawrence coming to Jacksonville will do the good things for the real estate market. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Get in touch with his agent. He'll be looking for a house, all right? Uh, Brandon Ponsel from jackscoastalhomes.com. Okay, let's get going with the picks. Uh, Colts and Bills, I love the game. I know everybody is in favor of the Bills probably winning the football game. I say a little bit not so fast. I'm, I, I don't love that, um, but it is six and a half the line, so I get to play with that if I want. Buffalo Bills by six and a half. Will they beat the Colts by a touchdown, Brandon? Points in the Colts. Uh, surprisingly, this Colts, it's a dome team, but they're made for outdoor conditions. they got a great offensive line, great running game. Rivers has been there before. Uh, good defense, so I'm going to take the Colts in the seven points. All right. Uh, awesome. What you got? Go ahead and give me the Bills. Uh, there's going to be fans in attendance, from what I've heard. Um, 10,000 Bills fans is like 100,000 fans in Indianapolis. So they're going to have an advantage there. And instead of COVID testing these fans, they should probably, like, you know, maybe do some drink, like a, a little breathalyzer test, because it's going to be an absolute chaotic atmosphere in Buffalo. And I think the team feeds off that. I got the Bills winning big. You know, you know, I'm a fan of the Colts. I, I do. I think I'm going to take the points because I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. But the Bills, I feel like, have like this magical run in them. Their connection with that fan base, the idea that it's first home game in 25 years, all that stuff uh, in the playoffs. I, I think there is an electricity around there about that that will help Buffalo. But I'm going to take the Colts with the points and maybe even get the upset out of it. We'll find out. Rams and Seahawks, another beauty of a game. Three and a half points the Seahawks are favored by uh, over the Rams. Rams have had Seattle's number a bit, Brandon. What are you taking here? Uh, putting some big money in this game, I would buy this line down to two and a half. Seahawks seem to win more games by three points than anybody in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do uh, – I do think Seattle's uh, playing a little bit better football. The Rams' offense has been pretty anemic lately, so I'm going to take Seattle and lay the three and a half. Uh, Brent, if this year has taught me anything, is that you can't go with the status quo and you can't go with what you feel. Any other year, I feel like Seattle has this game pretty handily at home. But what I've seen from that Seattle defense, what I've seen with the emergence of Cam Akers now, it seems like they can slow the game down if they have to. DK Metcalf obviously getting shut down again by Jalen Ramsey. Go ahead and give me the Rams. Did uh, did Brandon say uh, Rams or Seahawks? Uh, I think Brandon said the Seahawks, if I'm Seahawks. not mistaken. Okay. Right? Yeah, Coos yeah, yeah. was talking to me, so I, I didn't quite hear him. But um, the I'm going to take the Rams as well with the points. That hook is an important one here uh, in, in my estimation, so... I will uh, definitely take the points there. Buccaneers and a Washington football team. It's an 8 o'clock game. I'm a little bit surprised this one's in, in the prime time yeah. window, but 
Um, I think that was probably more network-based than it was game-based. And Tampa Bay favored by eight at last check. Uh, are they going to crush Washington, or will that defense keep them in it, Brandon? A tough one. Washington does have a great defense, but I think Tampa Bay is clicking on all cylinders on offense, and they will stretch the lead out and cover this eight points. Man, you know, I wonder what the weather is going to be like in Washington, just because if it's like inclement weather, that could be a huge advantage for the, the, the Washington football team. But I got to go with Tom Brady, and I got to take those points. So go ahead and give me the, the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think I'm coming with you guys. I don't have a lot of faith in that offense, although the good story of the Washington football team could certainly continue. Uh, I will take uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. All right, we go to Sunday. Ravens-Titans. Oh, what a football game we could have here. Three-point favorite for the Baltimore Ravens on the road against Tennessee. Tennessee saying no respect whatsoever. Mike Vrabel gets to play that card. Austin, let's start with you. What do you like here? You know what? I'm going Titans for whatever reason, and I get it. The Titans this year on defense have not looked pretty, but when it's crunch time, I feel like Vrabel is going to have that defense in some sort of spy look that can stop Lamar Jackson. I like playoff Derrick Henry. Go and give me the Tennessee Titans. All right, Brandon, what do you think? Team is hot. I don't think uh, anything's going to slow them down until maybe a uh, matchup in Arrowhead, so give me the Ravens. Okay, I'm going to take the Titans here, too. I think I just wonder, I wonder if this is going to be one of those scenarios where the Titans have the number of the Ravens and they know how to stop them, even though they're clicking on all cylinders. Ravens are playing great football right now, no doubt about it. But uh, could this become a bugaboo of sorts? Can they beat the Titans in the playoffs? Or can Lamar Jackson play well in the playoffs? We get those storylines sometimes, and this could be a builder for that. Uh, or it could just simply be kind of a revenge game for, for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But I'll take the Titans at home with the points. Uh, field goal favorite for Baltimore. Uh, Chicago and New Orleans. I don't think any of us will pick the Saints to lose this football game. <laughs> but will you pick them to win by 10? That's the line, a hefty line. Here on the opening weekend of the NFL playoffs, Brandon, you taking the Saints by 10 or you like Chicago? 10 points. Uh, Saints pulled this last year and lost to the Vikings, so uh, it's a big favorite. So I think this is going to be a really close game. Uh, Saints will probably pull it out, but uh, up until the Bears running into this hot Packers team last week, they've been playing some great football. So I, I love the 10 points here. Man, go ahead and give me the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara coming back. I think he's going to be be utilized. People always want to sleep on that Saints defensive line as well. I think if you get up to Trubisky a little bit, make him nervous. Uh, they got no shot. So go ahead and give me the Saints. Um, oh my gosh, this was a tough one. I'm going to take. Uh, I think I'm going to take Chicago here. Uh, to, uh, give me ten points. I'm up ten nothing before kickoff. I kind of like that in the postseason. And the Saints are still trying to figure themselves out, is my guess. But you know what else is tricky and scary about the postseason? Usually you end up with like a blowout game here or there, too. Yeah. So I'm a little leery of that, and this one could be one of them. Uh, or this one could. Browns and the Steelers, six-point favorite for Pittsburgh. Uh, which Pittsburgh team will show up? Which Cleveland Browns team will show up? They just got to practice for the first time this week. And they won't have their coach, the Cleveland Browns, but they'll be playing with a bunch of you know, pent-up energy for an entire city that hasn't been the postseason in a couple of decades. Brandon, Steelers by six. Who are you taking? From Western PA, and she's as big a Steelers fan as you'll find. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Pittsburgh Steelers and hope uh, my household is uh, happy on Sunday night. <laughs> 
Listen, when you talk about the Browns traveling to Pittsburgh, it's it's little brother playing big brother. Unfortunately, the parents aren't going to be around because Stavansky's going to be on the sidelines. He's out with COVID-19. Anytime you miss a head coach in a, in a big game like that, that's going to have some kind of effect on you. I'm taking the Steelers. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go with the Browns here. I'll go a closer game. I don't know what's – I don't trust Pittsburgh right now. And I think Cleveland has a chance to be really good. And you talk about built for the playoffs – you know, Baker Mayfield not making a lot of mistakes. That run game gets working. And, and let's be honest. I mean, Pittsburgh can be just okay on the offensive side of the football. They haven't been able to run the ball. So I'm going to take Cleveland here. I don't know if they win it, but I think they're going to keep it close. It's going to be a heck of a football game despite the awkward week well, uh, that it's been. And, Brent, keep in mind, our wager between who's going to have the better season this year between Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield could come down to this game. Yeah, is is it simply that, by the way? We have to no, look at the numbers, no, 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 no. I mean, it's going to help, but it's not just that. Oh, you don't want to take that. I and now I'm all so. good. I'm, I'm feeling confident. <laughs> all right, last one with Brandon Ponsel from JacksCoastalHomes.com. Check him out for all your real estate needs. And check him out for picks because he's winning our picks in 2020 as we head into 2021, of course. We'll go with the national championship game. Ohio State against Alabama. Looks like this line has moved to 8.5. I think it opened around 7.5. Alabama going to keep a roll tide, or does Ohio State have another big-time performance like they did against Clemson, Brandon? Come on, plays their best. Uh, I don't see anybody beating them. If they get Jalen Waddle back, that's just another weapon. Um, you know, over the course of a 60-minute game, I think Alabama pulls away and wins this by about 17. All righty. Uh, there you go. What do you think, Austin? Yeah, I mean, I have Alabama all day, roll tide. Oh, shoot. I'll take Ohio State with that. Give me Yeah, game picker upper trademark. Uh, yeah, why not? i got to do that. All right, so those are our picks. We'll, we'll uh, continue to do it through the postseason. And as we get a little closer and closer to the Super Bowl and extend this just so we can try to catch Brandon, quite frankly, uh, we've rigged the system to try to do that. All right, man, have a good weekend. Enjoy it. And uh, Enjoy good game, luck. Fellas. Thanks. Uh, good luck uh, on the housing front, jackscoastalhomes.com. Brandon Ponsel, uh, go check him out for all your real estate needs, buying, selling, just have questions. Uh, Brandon Ponsel, the Ponsel Group, jackscoastalhomes.com. All right, uh, let's take a break. We come back. We uh, talk a little bit more about the playoffs. I do have a question about practice with the Browns. Does it even matter, Austin? Uh, is it a little overblown? Is it a little overplayed? Uh, does not having your coach matter? Mm. Uh, is that a big deal? There's a suggestion by some that the uh, Stefanski should be able to call plays from home or from the office or from wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you buy into that? And, Kuz, I was really interested in what you were taking down the the picks. I thought you were making a change, and I thought it was just because you were going to spell bucks correctly. <laughs> I guess that's not what you changed. No, I was no. I had to change the teams. Oh, you had the wrong teams. Yeah, I, which one was it, Austin? Oh, don't admit it, man. I tried I, to do you a favor. The, no, well, Steelers you know. Bears. Uh, he, he had the Steelers take on the Bears. Oh, okay. Well, Little. guess what? Hey, you've got bigger fish to fry as we go to break because it looks like the video just stopped for the second day in a row. Looks like we took a hit at the station. Fire that bad boy back up, Coots. We'll be back. Talk a little more NFL playoffs next on ESPN 690.